गुरवे गौरचंद्राय राधिकाय तदालय कृष्णाय कृष्ण भक्ताय ताद भक्ताय नमो नमः सो प्रणाम टू ऑल गुड मॉर्निंग ग्रीटिंग्स फ्रॉम नॉर्थ कैरोलिना वेलकम एंड वेल टुडे वी आर हैज अनाउंस्ड डूइंग अ आवर official book launch of radical personalism here we have it for those of you who do not have it here's a printed version of it radical personalism revival manifesto for proactive devotion mm-hmm. uh, so from today on the book is available in amazon in soft and hardbound also kindle format i, I will be sharing the the links to how to get the book eventually in the comment section here in the facebook and youtube or you just put radical personalism on amazon it will be there so we're happy to be uh, presenting today officially this little offering to all of you to the vision of community <clears throat> so today is a book launch i would like to begin sharing a few words about why today why we have chosen this particular day to launch the book since to be honest the book was already ready for a few a few weeks ago but there was some synchronicity with our vision of calendar and and the content of the book so by by talking why today also i'll i'll be starting to talk why what the book is about <clears throat> so today at least here in north carolina we are celebrating in our godia tradition what's called gundicha marjanam lila or the pastime of the cleansing of the gundicha temple in jagannath puri and also yesterday uh we were celebrating the tirubab mahotsav or disappearance day of sri gadadhar pandit and sri baktinath thakur and in some countries not here but in some places today that's the celebration it's taking place today the disappearance day of gadadhar pandit and thakur baktinath so somehow today depending on where you are <laughs> these two cele- these three celebrations are are converging mm-hmm. gundicha marjan lila on this appearance day of gadadhar pandit and baktinath thakur so all these three celebrations and this was not planned but naturally unfolded uh, are in different ways connected to each other and in different ways connected to the content of the book radical personalism so i'd like to share a few words about why again we are launching the book today in connection to these celebrations and then we will go further to the content of the book and and so on and so forth So let's begin with Sri Gadadhar Pandit Ki Jai <laughs> uh who is as you know uh, Sri Radha appearing or lila Sri Radha exhibiting her highest her highest moment of dedication because Sri Radha's Gadadhar is serving Krishna's Mahaprabhu and Krishna's Mahaprabhu is Krishna in his moment of highest need so if Krishna has his highest moment of need that immediately becomes Radha's highest moment of need by way of identification with the service necessity so again gadadhar is sri radha and i i i have already talked about this in my series and in the book as well sri radha sometimes is called sri radhika her love is so radical that sometimes we can talk in terms not only of radical personalism but also of radical personalism or radhikas personalism shrimati radical personalism because we cannot have radical personalism as it is this book and and the concept we cannot have radical personalism without sri radhika without her radical dedication uh, to her beloved especially in the form of sri gadadhar pandit because as we know again sri radha's gadadhar is giving her heart sri radha giving her heart to krishna's mahaprabhu so gor hari can be successful basically in, in the main reason for his descent in the main purpose of the whole gor lila and by mahaprabhu becoming fully successful by the grace of gadadhar mahaprabhu and sab being for all of us gaudiya vaishnavas and the ultimate deity of gaudiya vaishnavism and in other words the ultimate deity of radical personalism because radical personalism is another way of talking about gaudiya vaishnavism So this is one of the reasons why we have chosen to launch the book today how much how deeply the personality and contribution of Sri Gadadhar Pandit is tied 
with what goal the Vaishnavism and what radical personalism, radicals personalism is about. And on the same day of Gadadhar's disappearance, again, in some countries, here it was yesterday, some places today, also Bhakti Nottakur is uh, entering Nitya passing away. And of course, here we have no time to present in detail the connection between Gadadhar Pandi, Bhakti Nottakur, that's a separate lecture unto itself. Yesterday we shared a link to a lecture we gave last year on this topic. And Bhakti Nottakur himself was worshipping Gadadhar and his as his Istadev, his main deities. But at least one important connection I'd like to make between Thakur Bhaktivinod and Gadadhar Pandit and then Thakur Bhaktivinod with the book itself uh, is that again Gadadhar Pandit represents as I mentioned Sri Radha uh, in her moment of greatest identification with the necessity of service that Krishna is having as Gaur Hari. And again, Krishna is wanting to taste Radha Bhav, and Radha appears as Gadadhar to identify with that necessity and make that possible. So again, Gadadhar is deeply tied to this notion of serving in the moment of greatest necessity. And then we have Bhakti Nottakur, who worships Gadadhar Pandit, he once said famously, I would like to leave my body in Kurukshetra because there Sri Radha is experiencing her greatest moment of necessity when she's meeting with Krishna in this whole eclipse, but they cannot get together. So again, Bhakti Nottakur is fully identifying himself with Sri Radha and her service necessity. And so Gadadhar is Radha identifying with Krishna's greatest necessity. Bhakti Nottakur is identifying with Radha's greatest necessity. So we see this pattern present, no? identification with the service necessity. So similarly, and not, of course, with this comparing me with any, comparing the book or anything with Gadhadar and Bhaktinotaku, but somehow, on some level, this book on radical personalism connects with this principle of identifying a greater, a great, at least, necessity. I don't know if it's the greatest, but a great necessity of service in the present moment, the current times in our and Gaudiya community, because again, in, in this book, we are trying to address different situations in the Gaudiya sidegaste in the current time, place, and circumstance we are in our scenario that may require uh, recalibration, adjustment, and revival. But all that, again, in the spirit of service, in the spirit of naming and framing necessities of service and trying to mm, honor that. So in that way, somehow there is a connection between Gadadhar, Bhakti Nottakur, and the book in terms of identifying with the necessity of service. But also apart from this connection, what came to mind is that in connection to Bhakti Nottakur, and, and we are getting clo closer to the connection with Gundicha, Marjan Lila, but in connection to Bhakti Nottakur also, I have chosen to launch this book today, which is his disappearance day in some places, because all that Bhakti Nottakur represents for us in, in the Bhakti Paribar. Bhakti Nottakur himself being an essence seeker, he himself coining this term Saragrahi, Vaishnav, essence seeker Vaishnav. He was a real progressive reformer in our lineage. He exhibited a very dynamic and, and, and fluid way of conceiving and presenting and sharing Gaudiya Vaishnavism in a way that maybe. Uh, relevant and, and relatable to people in, in their particular time and establishing that principle for the times mm -hmm. to come. He was someone who was open to interact with modernity in very interesting way, and he was open to embrace uh, whatever challenges may come as a result of embracing modernity, uh, because you interact with modernity and some challenges will come and you have to be willing to deal with them, retaining this spirit of service. And so Bhakti Nottaka was someone very exemplary in all the things. So he was able to embrace, interact with modernity, embrace the challenges that come from there without losing depth, without losing breadth uh, in his own inner life as a Gaudiya, without losing sight of the mystical culture that Gaudiya Vaishnavism is all about. And also like himself, Bhakti Nottaka or like his own son, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and many other uh, gurus, sadhus, acharyas, and mystics, even from other traditions. Bhakti Nottakur also was someone open to, again, name, frame, 
criticize in a loving, healthy way the current state of his own tradition. Uh, and he engaged in that criticism as, as a symptom, as a natural expression of his loyalty and his commitment to the tradition, no, and not the other way around. And he will say something, things, different things. One of them that I quoted in, in my book at least twice, and I think I quoted that in my first book at least once, so you, you can tell that I like that section a lot. He will say in one of his Sajan Toshani publications, the magazine he published, those who have been entrusted with the responsibility of being spiritual teachers in the Gaudiya Sampradaya should try to remove all anarthas from their sampradaya. So of course, you need to understand that. It doesn't mean that the essence of the tradition is full of anarthas. Mahaprabhu's gift is full of anarthas, but the form, the, the, how the tradition may be conceived and represented by different people in the particular times may be accompanied by certain anarchic not anarchic also, maybe anarchic visions. So that needs to be uprooted. And he's saying here is the commitment and the, of everyone who is to represent this, the tradition as a, as a leader, so to say, to uproot those anarthas. So since we invoke this idea of anar uprooting anarthas or anarthanibriti, comes the natural connection with Gundicha Marjan Lila, which is representative of anarthanibriti, actually, no? the, the cleansing of this famous Gundicha temple in Jagannath Puri, which represents also Vrindavan. Of course, we don't need to take an, art, an artist out of Vrindavan. We, take, we need to take an artist out of our heart so it becomes Vrindavan. So that's another point of connection. We are celebrating today Gundicha Marjan Lila, the cleansing of the heart, the Anarthanibriti on a personal level, on a communal level. Uh, and again, every committed member of the Sampradaya is expected to uproot uh, whatever an artist may manifest in the current state of, of the current conditions of one's community. Uh, so Gundicha Marjan Lila represents this, an art and ibriti. And again, an art and ibriti always begins at home, home, as I made it clear in my series and book. This is not about pointing to others and denouncing an artist outside of our heart, but just beginning at home, doing our homework and whatever comes as an overflowing of that Okay, that will be legal, so to say. Natural from the individual level will naturally extend to the communal level. So this is a very glorious process. The uprooting of an artist, Mahaprabhu himself was decorating his devotees, putting sandalwood paste and garlands before they engaged in the cleansing of Gundicha by this saying, you are about to engage in something very glorious and important. So in that same spirit, we, <clears throat> we are trying to... <clears throat> to write this book with the blessings of Mahaprabhu and feeling, okay, this has to do with, and this is service, this identification with the need of service in whatever we may be are in the current situation. So considering the multiple significance of these three events, again, disappearance day of Gadal, Pandit Bhaktivinathakur and Gundicha Marjan Lila, because of what I've just shared, I have chosen to launch the book today. I hope it makes sense and somehow it came naturally. Uh, and the book, of course, that we are launching today, as there's multi-purpose in all the celebrations we are having these days, the book in itself is multi-purpose. It's not just speaking about one single thing. Uh, it's attempting, of course, to present and to conceive Gaudiya Vaishnavism in a, in a contemporary voice, uh, but also it's trying to attempt in the context of that, attempting to, to address pressing emerging issues uh, in our Gaudiya community that need to be named, framed, and addressed and healed. And with that, we are inviting in this way for a, mm, individual and collective healing. Mm, not only, again, how to heal ourselves and the community, but also on top of that, how to go deeper into our tradition, how to go deeper into the dynamic meaning of our tradition. To be a Gaudiya Vaishnava, to belong to the Gaudiya Sampradaya doesn't just mean one thing forever. It's constant, constantly meaning something new because it's an ever-evolving tradition, ongoing evolution internally. So basically that's the idea, the intention of the book in a very general way, to do all this in a way that our practice, our own Gaudiya 
commitment, so to say, participation remains relevant and relatable for each of us and that we don't see our practice, our tradition as something foreign to our deepest needs and intuition uh, in whatever stage we may be in, because each of us is in a very different like chapter of the journey, so to say. And all, all of us need that our practice remain rela relatable and relevant. So that has been uh, the attempt of the book. Of course, I personally feel that not only our own, own community or Gaudiya community is going through a certain situation, but the world at large, we have been talking about this these days, the whole world is going through a particular side gaze, a particular quality of, of the time, so to say, a, uni a unique kind of threshold moment where certain structures need to be uh, rethought, re you know, reconsidered, so to say, both external structures as well as internal structures, internal ways of conceiving things. Many of them need to be, uh, some of them may need to collapse, some of them may need to be upgraded, updated, adjusted, dethroned, whatever, depending the case. But it's very clear in the world at large that we are in a threshold moment in that connection. So that the Gaudiya community is not a, an exception to that global situation. So in some way, this book, which has been in part, as you may know, based on a recent series of lectures that I gave during six months almost on, on radical personalism, also although the book includes new content, so this book, in one sense, is attempting to speak to for the collective unconscious, so to say, for those things that are in everyone's mind, somehow not sometimes not in front of us, but sometimes hidden in the shed. <laughs> and we need to go to the shed and clean the shed. Gundicha Marjan Lila means that, basically. <laughs> so that, that's the idea, to name and frame uh, many of the things that are there, but sometimes we do not see. They are in our unconscious mind, in the shed over there, or some of the many things that are there and we do not want to see. Sometimes that happens also, but we need to see. And we need not only to see, but we need to see first, of course, it's there. And then we need to address, and we need to understand, and we need to heal, and we need to improve. <laughs> but it begins to first pointing, naming and framing things that may be lurking into the subconscious mind or conscious and we are doing our best for no sometimes not not dealing with that so many devotees i've talked about uh, with during all these months already of course feeling this is not one single person on two three people but it's a very like a pulse collective pulse is kind of feeling the need of talking and thinking and and, and, and so what, what what i've been calling in the book emerging Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Now, it's Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but the essence of Gaudiya Vaishnavism is emerging over and over again in time repeatedly through the voices and participation of, of many of its members. The essence of the tradition, again, to reclaim it, the, the essence of the tradition trying to reclaim its own, its own substance, so to say. So, of course, I'm not claiming here I'm the only one doing this and this book is the only one who is talking about this. It's just one one added attempt of contribute, contributing to this service necessity. So anyhow, a few words in connection to why we are today chosen this particular day. We are talking, introducing this, launching this book. Let's go to another section of today's presentation, which is a little bit about how this book came to happen. Although some of you may, may have an idea, but let's share a few words about the backdrop that somehow triggered the idea of writing this book, which was something totally, at least not in my agenda, maybe in someone else's agenda above our heads. But yeah, it has been a very beautiful experience. As I mentioned in, in connection to my first book, Inherent or Inherited, uh, last year I published that first book and I mentioned in, in the acknowledgement section, I think that uh, somehow, what I mentioned there, it's still happening with this second book in, from a different place, of course. But I mentioned that to have to write the, my first book, it was some of, somehow having a child, you know, the whole process of having a child, although that's the only type of child I can have as a sannyasi. So, <laughs> so now my first child is having a sibling, you know, so that the family is expanding. 
So the same criteria of having a child and all these stages kind of apply to this book. You now you have like the preconception, so to say, so to say, stage that was, in my case, in this, in the case of this book, was a totally unexpected child. You no, know, like it happens sometimes in this world. Oh, you're pregnant. Oh, we were not planning that. There was not in my plan to. There was no preconception in one sense. There was not planned to conceive that, but it happened, as we will see next, how that happened. Then comes, of course, the conception that by force of circumstance, so to say, you are invited in a, in a, in a way or another to, to do this. So the conception stage to conceive what to write, how to write, uh, before actually starting to write. So somehow the series of lectures on radical personalism did that part. You know? Like I started to talk about this and at one point the idea came okay the need for a book to put this in a certain particular way came then comes the impregnation stage before preconception and conception after that impregnation actually writing the book which took a few months it was relatively quick but there was lots of uh, how to say of thing of time before that fermenting the content in my own mind then came the gestation period, so to say, you know, the research and, and writing, rewriting, correcting. They came the labor period, so to say, the book is officially finished, but that's not all. Again, something else comes after the gestation. Then comes raising the child, which somehow is also the okay. The book is finished, but I have peer review and editing and re-editing and re-re-editing and adding and layout and whatnot. So, and whatever further dialogue and ideas will come after this publication is also part of the raising the child, so to say, of radical personalism. It's, as I mentioned, my book is, is conceived by me as, uh, as a conversation, as something that is an ongoing dialogue that comes and goes throughout our human history, even, so to say. You know? So these are a few stages that I felt, again, in my second book, in con similarly to the first one, although from a very different place. So a second child, hopefully he will be a good sibling of the first one. And if there, were, if there will be a few more to come to expand the family. Um, and I want to be a good parent in that connection. I want to be a good writer. So I, I have to be detached also to something. Like if you want to be a good parent, you have to be detached from the results of your efforts. You try to raise your child in the best possible way, but it's not in your control what will happen. Hmm? So... My point is I'm presenting this book today, trying to make a contribution, hopefully, to the Gaudiya Sampradaya. But at the same time, each one of us has to write their, their own manifesto, so to say. And I'm writing my own here. Uh, but after reading that, if you read it and if you agree with it or whatever, you will have to write your own manifesto eventually, so to say, in the context of processing what we are sharing here. So how did, did this book came to happen? Uh, well, there's lots to say, of course, but I would like to share a few, a few sections. Today we will be sharing a few reading sections from, from the book. So I'd like to share something here with your permission. First to begin with from the uh, acknowledgement section, and then we'll go to another, another part. So it says like this. <clears throat> Our whole life can be seen as a large, abundant book, either an autobiographic one or, even better, a confession letter. In fact, we often speak about uh, our life in terms of its different chapters. In this way, the writing of this book, Radical Personalism, every single chapter, is to be considered one of the many crucial sections of the book of my life. Therefore, my initial gratitude is offered to those most unexpected by sacred circumstances that recently came into my life that made the present work possible. As the best version uh, of ourselves is always co-authored by love, this book uh, and its author have similarly been co-authored by love a love that came to me in the form of life and its serpentine dance. Certainly, I'm no longer the same individual who began writing this book, being considerably uh, edited by life circumstances. 
Therefore, I offer this manifesto in the service of this inescrutable turn of events, as well as to the persons who were instrumental in them, with the hope that I have learned my lessons properly and I'm ready for the next version of myself. So that's a, a, a little part on the acknowledgement section regarding how the book came to happen. But at the same time, another few words from the second chapter of the first part in connection to this, to be more specific. And it says like this. <clears throat> it is said that God comes disguised as one's life. In a few never-ending months, my own life as I knew was no longer mine. God had come and taken it over. The most intense and unexpected visit of the sweet absolute basically deprived me of almost every aspect of my daily structure, hosting me from the very conception of who I was. From tip to toe, I was being invited to reframe, rethink, and recalibrate my whole life, since I was suddenly now uninvited from the spiritual family I had been a part of and served in for close to a decade. The details of my saga will require a separate book, and because they do not serve this current work, I don't intend to go in that direction. What is pertinent to share, however, is that I was thrown into a complete tectonic shift. I was challenged by what was then the most awkward chapter of my life, but was soon to realize I was simultaneously uh, being gifted the opportunity to look at my life and at life itself from an entirely different perspective. Only God is capable of offering such comprehensive paradox. Imagine looking through a pair of glasses with lenses capable of showing you not a whole new world, but rather the same world in a whole new way. That was my experience, a new prescription for sure. It was my turn to view from that advantage point to contemplate in new light, not only my very existence, but others as well. <clears throat> and the world in which I lived, specifically my own spiritual community within that world. So, sorry for the long introduction, but this is a brief background uh, in connection to how the book came to happen. More details will be, of course, in the in the book itself. Uh, so after this section of brief introduction, I would like to go with you through just to get reach the, the end of the presentation today. Let's share a brief, a brief review of the contents of the book. So we'll do a brief, a brief review as it was announced. So the book has 40, no, 443 pages. It has 14 chapters. It has a beautiful foreword wrote by Pranada Dasi. So thank you so much to her, deep gratitude for that. It has an introduction. It has a concluding section. The book will be divided in three parts called Orienting Our Approach first. The second part of the book is called The Manifesto. And the third part of the book is called A Deeper Dive. And finally, there will be a conclusion section to the book called Re Reclaiming Our Godia Project. Uh, but of course, let's begin first of all with the introduction. Let's go part by part very briefly to the introduction to the work. The introduction to the book is called uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Hmm? So what's the introduction about? This is in connection to a reading of a book. I, I wrote the introduction in connection to a reading of the book by Brian McLaren called Do I Stray Christian? And in that book, he's mentioning different reasons for him to stay as a Christian or not stay as a Christian, which gave me a very interesting inspiration as to, of course, I'm not planning to leave Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but just thinking about why to stay as a Gaudiya and why some people may choose not to stay as a Gaudiya. So I started the introduction, introduction in that connection, thinking how to stay as a Godia for the right reasons, basically, mm -hmm. and not stay for the wrong reasons, which some happen, can happen. How to belong to Godia Vaishnavism 
deeply and not merely fitting in. That's, that's an important part of the introduction, how to really belong. And, 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 and as part of really belonging for the right reasons, I felt the need also to write the book in, in terms, in broader terms, so the topics may be readable and understood by different persons. Uh, since the issues I'm addressing there also happen everywhere. No? What I'm, I'm writing in this book is not only limited to, to the Gaudiya Sampradaya, but has to do with different traditions, again, with the zeitgeist that is going on here and there. So despite not being planned, this somehow the second book was also in continuation to many of the points that I made in my first book, Inherent or Inherited, especially introduction, the very beginning of Inherent or Inherited, I described the Gaudiya community, and I quote, says, as in urgent need of conversation with itself, as well as of ample room for freedom of theological thought in order to transcend the cognitive rigidity uh, and tribal thinking that so much characterizes the approach of the novice. So that was in the first book, and somehow it was not in my plan to write the second one, but, but the connection was there. So Krishna had some plan indeed, even without me noticing it while writing uh, the second book. So that's the introduction, very briefly. Should I stay or should I go? And then comes part first, part number one of the book, called Orienting Our Approach. So part one has six chapters. Uh, and there I speak about different topics. I will mention the titles briefly and what's the contents very briefly, just to, to share further ideas on that. So the first chapter of the book is called why radical personalism? So, of course, the meaning of radical personalism is, has not to do only with not being impersonal, but as personal as we can be. Radical doesn't, it's not a bad word, it has to do with radix, to something going to the very root, something to the very core. So, we are a personal tradition, and the idea is to be as personal as we can. Our tradition speaks about the supreme personality of Godhead. So that's supremely personalistic. And we therefore have an hyper-personalized proposal culminating in, again, our deity, Mahaprabhu, Gaur Hari. So I try to unfold these ideas, now speaking about uh, radical personalism. So that's the first chapter of the first part. The second chapter is called Awkwardness, awkwardness and gifts of my present situation. And that's basically a background to the unexpected situation and, and, why, and why the book came to happen, basically. And totally unexpected, but beautifully revealing uh, the situation that led me to write this book. Then the third part is called Upgrading My Loyalty by Critiquing My Own tra Tradition. So it speaks about the need and place for critiquing one's own tradition as in service to that, in identification with the service necessity. Then the fourth chapter of the first part is called A Living School of Prophets, an urgent need for proactive revival. So basically there I mentioned how a Sampradaya school of thought is a living school, not a mere school, but but leaving a school of prophets. And each one of us is meant to become a prophet, basically. Each one of us is become to speak forth the tradition. And the importance of being proactive, I speak in that chapter about the, what I call anticipatory Vaishnavism. So how we can, in the present moment, anticipate things by addressing them properly now. Then the fifth chapter of this first part is called Holy Shift, which speaks about the importance of embracing change, uh, ongoing change, and paradigm shifts as a natural expression of spiritual experience. And then the sixth chapter of the first part is called The Collective Unconscious of Our Spiritual Lineage, which also speaks about the importance of addressing unresolved, so to say, generational wounds that may be there. And sometimes we may be passing unresolved trauma in the name of Parampara. I've, talk, I've talked about that in my 
in my series also on radical personalism. So that's a brief, a brief re review on the second part of, of the first part of the book, sorry. And the second part of the book is called The Manifesto. The book in itself has as a subtitle the name Revival Manifesto for Proactive Devotion. And the book in itself is a manifesto, a revival manifesto, to be more precise, for proactive devotion. So the book tries to bring forth revival and uh, rebirth, revival, rebirth, new life. That's basically the spirit of the manifesto. Declaration of core principles, so to say, that need to be addressed, that need to be conceived, that need to be rediscovered, that need to be properly applied in a proactive spirit. So this second part presents such manifesto with different like points, so to say bullet points, includes some like 30, so to say bullet points or something with their specific explanation. And each one of these points is also how to say, are expressions or extended versions of the concept of radical personalism in the form of different radicals. So we will have like radical vulnerability, radical presence, radical integrity, and so on. Radical fraternity, radical enrich, radical education, radical embodiment, radical conversation, radical, 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 in a good sense of the term. So the radical section, manifesto. So this section is somehow the main one of the book, one of the longest ones. And most of the points of this section have not been actually included in my series of lectures. So I'm mentioning that that's, that's mostly included here in the book. And here I try to address points that I find crucial in what we can do to name and frame, again, what has to be improved in our community. Uh, and also, I, I do so through two voices, the voice of radical personalism and the voice of conventional dogmatism. I kind of invoke two characters that sometimes speak in our own minds, um, the voice of radical personalism and the antithesis of that, so to say, and the voice of conventional dogmatism. So I play with those, those voices. So that's part two, the manifest. And finally, part three, it's called A Deeper Dive. A, and includes seven chapters in it, which somehow elaborate on the main points from the manifesto section itself. And they are connected to points in the series. I've talked in the series of lectures, but also I've developed them in the book. So which are those uh, seven chapters of the third part, the deeper dive? Chapter number eight of the whole book, which is the first ch chapter of this part is vulnerability and empowerment. You may recall this from our series. And I begin with that because there is a very crucial importance to begin speaking on that. If we would not begin being vulnerable, open ourselves, it won't happen basically. We won't be able to open ourselves to recognize, to acknowledge, to work. And I show there how our tradition revolved fully around the principle of vulnerability, of inner nakedness. We talk about that. Uh, darshan, the importance of presenting ourselves to the absolute with full vulnerability. So that will be chapter eight. Chapter nine is called uh, individuation, carving out our full humanity in divine service. Um, so that's chapter nine. And basically I address that the need for individuation, that if we want to attain Nara Lila, as I hope we want, that's a part of our goal, we need to become fully human and fully divine. The two of them need to be in place, basically. So we do not reject, we don't need to reject anything. We need to integrate everything. That's a big part of the individuation process. And I touch upon that in, the, in this chapter number nine. Then comes chapter number 10, which is called non-dual thinking. Everything is one, but never impersonal. Mm. So then I talk about the importance of remaining non-dual of understanding the non-dual foundation of our sampradaya. And in, the, in this connection, the risk of polytheism, because our tradition is so much detail about different forms of the absolute and different manifestation of the Godhead that we may end up 
worshiping different gods, thinking in different gods, well, actually, we are worshiping one same non-dual substance. And then I talk about that, about uh, interfaith dialogue and theological cross-pollination and aspects of also of non-dual thinking and finding the same absolute in different mystical traditions as well. Then chapter 11 is called Issues and Tissues Between Guru and Disciple. And then I talk about absolute and relative side of the guru, the, the principle of infallibility, omniscience, how much does it apply to the guru, hmm? um, living and being rejected by the guru, different possibilities and unexpected scenarios there, codependence, healthy surrender, um, and so on. Worship versus idolatry, spiritual bypassing. I mean, my, I gave this, this class in my... This, this topic I've touched on my, my series, and this has been very much probably the most watched sections of it. And so much that probably I'm thinking about eventually writing, writing a whole separate book about the topic, but let's see, let's see what Krishna wants. Then comes chapter 12, uh, which is called Divine Ignorance, Knowing uh, Through Darkness, Doubt and Paradox. So, there we will be talking about certainty as the antithesis of faith or what else? Like learning ignorance of the importance of knowing through unknowing, the dark night of the soul, uh, God as mystery and secret, you know, being comfortable with coexisting with what we don't know, basically. Then we have chapter 13 of the book called The Realm of Contemplative Prayer. Would I speak about the importance of prayer, what prayer is not, uh, the nature of unconditional love, how to engage in actual prayer, a very important aspect of our Gaudiya tradition and sadhana sometimes tends to be overlooked. Uh, so that's chapter 13. And finally, chapter 14 is called On Earth in Heaven, How Material Energy Hosts the Spiritual World. So basically, I try to address the idea of matter as not being profane, as being sacred, the world as a byproduct of God's joy. That's a very interesting idea. The material world being having at the background Krishna Sananda and talking about how God himself comes to validate this place over and over again by descending as avatar, by executing his lila here and so on. So that's chapter 14. And then we have the conclusion to the book. There is a conclusion section called, called Reclaiming Our Gaudiya Project. So that section kind of wraps up the whole content of the book. So let's almost conclude today's meeting by reading a brief section of this conclusion. So before reading, the conclusion section includes, I would like to share with you a few subsections uh, with the names like Emerging and Anticipatory Gaudiya Vaishnavism, Where Are the Elders, Uncommon Common Sense, Confrontation, Truth-Telling, and Intimacy, The Right and Duty to Rediscover Our Tradition, another one called Learn to Sing Your Song, uh, among others. No? So let me read a brief subsection called A New Version of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? So it says like this. If we don't feel identified with the current state of affairs in the Gaudiya community, it is then time for a new version of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. In some cases, this new version will emerge after articulating those specific circumstances that beg for an upgrade, while in other cases we will have to deeply ponder what we can do about it. We should pay close attention, focus on our surroundings, inner and outer, and notice what actually bothers and concerns us, and then do something about it. In other words, each of us needs to ask ourselves what bothers us, then question if that is something we can fix, and then inquire if we are willing to do the fixing. If our answer to any of those questions is no, then we should aim elsewhere, probably lower, until we find something that bothers us that we can fix and that we will fix. And then we should go and fix it. That might be enough for the day. Conversely, by not taking the initiative, 
we remain as passive inert consumers of a mere product, not active participants in a living school. But this we should remember. Being committed to nothing and staying on the fence is the worst of all transgressions. Therefore, if we are bothered by some issues in the present Gaudiya community, it doesn't mean that our only option is to abandon Gaudiya Vaishnavism altogether. We can leave our current form of it and embrace a better version, one that allows and even encourages the growth we desire and need. In other words, what we may possibly need is a change of faith, not a change of religion, an upcycling rather than a discarding. What we may possibly need is not to leave Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but rather to discard all of the layers of immaturity, narrow-mindedness, and superficiality through which we continue to approach our own tradition. What we may need is not to leave Gaudiya Vaishnavism, but to transform its early stages and our preconceived ideas of it into a more mature way of being a Gaudiya, one that corresponds with our present thirst. That's the new version of Gaudiya Vaishnavism we are talking about here, whatever that new version will be for each of us. So that's a few, say, a few words that I wanted to share yesterday, but by Krishna's arrangement, we are sharing it today from the conclusion section. And with that, I close that section and I would like just to share a few more concluding words before concluding, so to say, sorry for repeating that word so much this book launch. So that's it. This is Radical Personalism, Revival Manifesto for Proactive Devotion, which has been launched between yesterday and today, finally, fully. And it's ready in Amazon, in both soft-bound and hard-bound versions, as well as in electronic format, Kindle version. The links are in the description to the video, how you can get it. And also, I will invite all of the ones who feel inspired to do so to write a brief review of the book after you have gone through it, if you would like, that will go to Amazon. In the in the There is a sh shared link in the description as well, how to do so. Since the more reviews the book receives also, that will be the book will be better positioned in the Amazon search option for other people to find it. So you are invited to write your review as well. And also if some of you may feel inspiration to share some copies of the book with some friends and would like to get a bigger amount of books for yourself, you can contact me personally and we can get a, a, a better wholesale price for those who, who will like it, both with the first book as well as my, sec uh, uh, my second book as well as my first book, Inherent or Inherited, both of whom are also, uh, both of which are in the way of being translated into Spanish. Mm -hmm. So in a few days, I'll be starting a tour, officially starting a tour for presenting Radical Personalism and going to Alacha next week and then continuing in the U.S. for almost three months, I will say, not only in Alacha, but also going to Denver, Michigan, uh, New Jersey, North Carolina, California, and then going to Europe, Sweden, Sweden, France, Switzerland, UK, India, New Zealand, and whatever Krishna has in his agenda. So hope to see you there. And also, whenever I will be going to to my tour person in presence, I'll be getting some books for those who would like to get them at that point. And also a few announcements before finishing in connection to the publication of this book. One of those is that some of you know already, uh, we have been opening, inaugurating a Facebook group called Gaudia Reform Forum. Here is the name for those of you who will like where we will be attempting, or we are already attempting to create a sacred space, sacred online space and a platform as the name of the group says for further reflection about the contents of radical personalism for further dialogue and healing in whatever needs to be healed on both individual and communal level. So for those who will like to join this group, you will find the link in the description of this video as well. Another option is you can just put Godia reform forum in the search option in YouTube. So that's another uh, news we, will, we want to share today. And one final news that have not happened yet, but will happen very soon, is that as another way of continuing reflecting and ruminating on the context of radical personalism, whether the series, the book, what we are sharing in the Facebook group, Go the Reform Forum, in complement to that, 
to, the, to all this, we will be starting in a few weeks, starting in July, a series of podcasts in English. Uh, that all, I'm officially also announcing it today. The name of the podcast will be the Free Radical Podcast. And there will be further exploring the content of the contents of radical personalism with other others friends, other brothers, sisters, kindred spirits that I will be having conversations with. Especially we'll be going through the different points of the second chapter of sorry, the second part of my book, The Manifesto in itself, which has many radicals as I said yesterday, which is a section that we have not addressed so much in detail in my radical personalism series of lecture. So that will be one of the main topics in our new podcast, the Free Radical uh, Podcast. So this, the first episode of this podcast will be basically me introducing the concept and the idea behind the podcast and an explanation of the title of it as well. And that will be streamed on July 1st. So I'll be sharing a flyer in these days for you to know where, how to, to join. And after that initial podcast, episode number zero, so to say, the idea is that we will have ideally one podcast every week with another guest. So more news about that will come very soon. So that's it basically for today. Thank you so much for your time, for your support, for your attention. Please share your blessings and prayers and well wishes. So whatever we may be trying to share is in the service of the Gaudiya community with, with humility and with sincerity in trying to address uh, a necessity of serving and being thoroughly identified with it. So hope to see you soon, whether in my U.S. tour or other places or online in the Facebook group or in the, in the new podcast that we'll be starting. Or we'll meet each other in the pages of the book hmm, that we have launched yesterday and today. Hmm. So see you very soon. Thank you so much. Good, Haribo.